Hey guys, welcome back. It's Sarah and Whitney. So today we're going to work on our toolbox for moms. That's right. So with this toolbox, moms, this is a shorter episode. These are meant to give you tools to yes. literally be a better mom, mm -hmm. be a better you. Mm -hmm. We're talking about the things that you need for your mental health. Absolutely. And I don't care what stage of motherhood you're in. Yep. You're a person, you need these. Oh, for sure. Okay. The Absolutely. first one today, Whitney, we're going to talk about is triggers. Okay. What are they? What do we do with them? So triggers can be anything that cause you to feel more anxious, mm -hmm. angry, snippy, frustrated, down. Yeah. Maybe some self-doubt coming into play there. So a trigger is anything that kind of causes you to feel not yourself. So for me personally, I'm going to tell myself here, one of my triggers is when my toddler throws her food at the table, mm. drives me up a wall. I automatically feel frustrated and I'm constantly like, can you not just do what you're supposed to do in each food instead of throwing it? So that is a trigger for me. And I know that. So I also know she is at that stage where it is cause and effect. Mm -hmm. She wants to throw her food to see what happens. Yeah. She's not throwing it to make me mad. Right. I feel that way. But that's not what she's doing. That's not her intent or her motive. So now I know going into mealtimes, she's probably going to throw something. Mm -hmm. She's probably going to throw something. Yep. So now I know going into it, that's probably going to happen. And I'm still going to have to say, we don't throw our food. So part of that, figure out when you feel a certain way that isn't your norm, say, okay. Let me think back. What was it that made me feel different? Because often there's going to be a pattern. Oh, for sure. So that's how you identify the trigger. Okay. Now, like my toddler, mealtime, it's going to happen. Mm -hmm. We know that. Three times a day. Yes. And then snacks. Mm -hmm. All the fun stuff. So I know if food is around, it's probably going to get thrown at some point in time. So I need to prepare myself and say, okay, it's inevitable. Yeah. And reminding myself her motive is not to make me mad. So part of that is, is there a set time where that trigger is going to happen? Yeah. So if your child, if it's your baby and they're between like that five to eight week mark, they may have that witching hour. Oh, yeah. So you may understand, okay, 9 to 11 p.m., that's, those are the witching hours. It's going to be really hard. It's going to be hard. I kind of know it's coming. I'm trying to mentally prepare myself for the witching hour. So, you know, okay, I know that there's not a lot I can do. I'm still going to go through the motions of feeding if it's time to feed, change, do all the things. But realize, too, if it's their witching hour, there's not a lot you can do to soothe them. So it's okay if they're in their swing instead of you holding them the whole time because you're exhausted. Right. You're allowed to do that. You're still there with them. You're not ignoring them. But just letting them be in the swing and you can talk to them to try to reassure them yeah. that you're there. So first, identifying those triggers, then figuring out, is there a pattern with the time? Is it a certain event or time of day? Yeah. Okay, well, if I know that, I know, okay, it's going to happen. Let me mentally prepare myself. Is there anything that I can do to ease that? And that may be like taking a break before yes. filling your cup, as we say. Absolutely. Hey, so-and-so, I'm feeling today like I didn't sleep last night. The baby yes. was up. I'm feeling like more. Yes. Can you be more active during dinner? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. 
Can I take a five, ten minute walk? Yeah. Can I get a break? Mm-hmm. Let, let your triggers be known. Triggers are not a bad thing. No. I think they become a bad thing when you ignore them. Oh, for sure. And I think, Absolutely. you know, I said trigger the other day to somebody, and they're like, what is that? Mm. I'm like, it kind of, I guess, is a new term, right? That now, yeah, I mean, a little bit. That people now were kind of talking about it. Yeah. So knowing them. I feel like it's more mainstream now. Yeah. But even a couple of years ago, it wasn't. Yeah. It's because as moms, I think it's important mm-hmm. to know ourselves. Oh, for sure. And that goes back to it. Mm-hmm. Is there any, I mean, can people say, should I avoid these triggers? I don't know that we can avoid all yeah. of our triggers in life. Yeah. It's, I mean, they're going to happen at some point in time. Someone can cut me off in traffic. Yes. And I'm going to feel frustrated. So that's a trigger. But what I do with that is what is important. So I can say, okay, I'm frustrated. They cut me off in traffic. Let me just get that out. Mm -hmm. We're allowed to do that. But then, especially if it is something like someone cutting you off in traffic, say, okay, but it's over. Yeah. We're safe. I felt frustrated. I was angry about it. But ultimately, we're okay. Yeah. So when you have that trigger, if it's the witching hour, if it's your toddler throwing food like mine, or my five-year-old that's constantly, mommy, watch this, mommy, watch this, mommy, watch this. It's one of those, I have to take that deep breath and say, okay. This won't last forever. Mm -hmm. And if I'm really struggling, I need to reach out to my support system for a break. Yeah. And it's okay that I do that. So good. The next, self-regulation, which kind of goes with triggers, right? It really does. So, again, that deep breathing in through the nose, out through the mouth, but then to a little bit of grounding thoughts. Yeah. Kind of saying, okay, I'm feeling anxious, nervous, angry sad about fill in the blank but right now this is reality and you may say well my reality is that I had a family member get a bad diagnosis yeah that's fair and you say okay they got a bad diagnosis I'm allowed to feel sad or depressed yeah I'm allowed to feel angry normalize that because the more we normalize where we're at the more regulated we can become. To not, like, push down those feelings, to call them what they are. Absolutely. Feel the feelings. Yes, feel your feelings. And then, too, with the self-regulation, if it is something like that, where you have a family member that got a bad diagnosis, voice journal. Yeah, let it out. Let it out. You you need to. Yeah, don't hold it in. Mm-hmm. Love that. Setting expectations, how and why we need to. Okay, so I'm going to start with the why on this first. The reason it's so important to set expectations is because if you expect your spouse, partner, family member, friend to do X, Y, and Z when they come visit you and baby, but you don't tell them, you just, you honestly, maybe you hope that they do it. Mm -hmm. And they don't. And then all of a sudden you're like, they didn't do that. Yeah, or they let down or mad or They didn't do it how I would have wanted them to do it. So then you're mad. Yeah. You honestly, you might be a little resentful. I get that way. And that builds bitterness. Ooh, bitter. And so with that, when they come over and say, hey, I was really hoping that when you were here today that you could unload my dishwasher. Right. Or that you could 
do X, Y, and Z, or that I could grab a shower while you have the baby. Because people are not mind readers. They're not. And we can't hold that expectation to them. Right. So when we state our expectations, it's not that we're trying to like lay down the law. Or be and, bossy. Or be bossy. It's we're saying, hey, I was really hoping that X, Y, and Z. So that is why we do it. How you do it is just like that of saying, hey, this is something I was really kind of hoping for. Is that doable? Yeah. And if they say no. If they say no, then, you know, is there a compromise? Yeah. And if they're like, eh, nope, not happening. So, you know, if it's one of those, your friend comes to visit you and, you know, you've got the baby and all that. And you say, hey, I was really hoping while you were here that you could watch the baby for 10 or 15 minutes while I grab a shower. And like, nope, really wasn't planning on that. Da, da, da. And you can say, oh, well, you know, what if I did like a five minute shower? And they say, no, I'm just not comfortable watching the baby by myself. Mm. So then you realize their reasoning, their perspective of it. That they feel like, what's if something happens? Yes. Or some people that are going around babies. Exactly. They may just not be comfortable. Right. It's out of their comfort I've zone. I've had an experience with a baby that, yes. that they're And so way. you may have this, and this may sound a little awkward, but we're women here. It may be one of those where you say, hey, what if you were just in the room across from the bathroom and the door was open? So if something happened, I can throw on my robe and come help you. Yeah. Kind of have that compromise, yeah. meet in the middle a little bit. Yeah. I think expectations, too, as you kids get older, with family, with just life. Yeah. Setting them and expressing them mm -hmm. and seeing if whoever is with you, and if it's yeah. your spouse, mm -hmm. if it's your employer about expectations on you, yes. mm -hmm. is never going to be bad because at least you're getting it out there. Exactly. So you, have a, you know where to start. Exactly. Love that. Releasing mom guilt. Well, this is hard. Uh, Five years deep into this, still have mom guilt over some stuff. Yeah. But part of it is to remind yourself, none of us, none of us are Instagram or Pinterest moms. No. Even the ones that promote that. That's like five minutes of their day. Exactly. That is literally a highlight reel of their day. So part of that is realizing we can't do it all and we're not meant to do it all. Right. And that you are doing absolutely the best you can for your children. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And remind yourself, you're still a good mom if yes. you say you're this is hard. Yeah. If I have been short-tempered before with my kids. Yeah. Here's you know, the thing. And I go back and apologize, mm -hmm. but I'm teaching them. You're mom, teaching them good conflict you know, resolution skills. I'm still a good mom. Do I still feel, oh my gosh, I should have been more patient? Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. But here's the thing. We can have conflicting, coexisting emotions. Yeah. We can say this is hard, but also really enjoy being a mom. Yeah. They can coexist. Just like I feel like grief and happiness can mm -hmm. go together. Yes. And that's a hard concept for a lot of people. It is. Because you can still mourn something but be happy about it. Absolutely. So that's a good one. Don't compare. Oh, the comparison game. Oh, man. This is a tough one. Especially because social media is what it is. Well, the whole point of it is... Yeah. For you to see, like, you get in your head and you're like, well, so-and-so did it this yeah. way. Or look at them. They're doing this. They're traveling. They're doing whatever. Mm -hmm. She seems so happy. Yep. She's bounced back. Mm -hmm. Her kids never show meltdowns. Well, of course, she's not going to show you their I meltdowns. Mean, come on now. But comparison is a thief of joy. It is. Absolutely. So we're. I feel like comparison is inevitable. Yeah. And so just realize, you know, you may be thinking, man, I really wish I had 
that beach trip that they had or that house or car or, man, I wish that I had four kids instead of two kids. Yeah. Like, we're always going to have that comparison game that we wish we had something that we didn't. Yeah. And that's pretty normal. But then I would say bring up gratitude. Yes. Kind of combat the comparison with gratitude of, you know, I wish that I had four kids, but I'm really happy with my two right now. And maybe one day we can pursue more. If you can't, for whatever reason, say, and that's hard that we can't have more. But I really am grateful for what I do have. Gratitude's huge. Even if you can list two or three things. Yeah. That, I mean, it could be the fact that, you know, the flowers are beautiful in your vase. I was about to say, it can be something that is seemingly small that you really enjoy getting a sweet tea from your favorite place. And you just take that moment and just be thankful for it. Yes. And I think the more we're thankful. Mm-hmm. And it's also, you know, the grass is always greener on the other side mentality. That's right. And that's not always true. Mm-hmm. Because then, you know, often I heard a great sermon the other day about, like, watering your own lawn. Yes. So. In the so- grass is greener right. where it's tended to so look at what do you need absolutely and that's okay love that meditation oh yes now i will say i'm not the greatest at meditation because my brain just kind of tends to go off the rabbit hole. you do like a minute max and then it starts just flying so with that i would really encourage maybe finding a guided meditation on like youtube or the call map something like that something to guide you because for me i can't just sit there and try to meditate because mm-hmm. like I said my brain goes down the rabbit hole mine is true but if I have something to kind of guide me something to help focus my brain a little Almost bit relax your body through it yes I do much better with that so if you're like me and your brain likes to go down the rabbit holes find you a guided meditation that, that will be a lot better um, but meditation is really good to help us feel like we have a sense of self-regulation that we are checking in with ourselves. Yeah. And that we can be zen even if it's for two minutes. Yes. Love that. And the last one for Jay. Learning our coping skills. Yes. So coping skills, everybody is different. Yeah. So obviously y'all have heard me talk about deep breathing. Some people may be like, it just isn't that helpful. That's okay. Mm-hmm. You know, if it's not helpful for you, don't force it on yourself. Yeah. Um, another one that has been helpful, and I can't remember if we've talked about it in a pre- previous episode, but something called diver's technique. I think we said one of our earlier ones. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like if you kind of feel like you're having heart palpitations, racing heart, things like that, get something cold and you can put it on your pulse points, like on your neck or on your wrist. Or even like, let's just say you're out shopping at Walmart or whatever, and you're like, oh my gosh, I'm starting to get a panic attack. Mm-hmm. You can even like grab a bag of frozen veggies out of the aisle and put it on the back of your neck. Yeah. That will just kind of help, number one, induce a vagal response. So it's going to bring that heart rate down for us. But then your body shifts its attention to the cold. Yeah. So it's a distraction. Yeah. So that can at least just take the edge off your anxiety. Yeah. I am, obviously, y'all have heard me talk about this about a thousand times, but voice journaling. Get it out. Get it out. It's really good to help us decompress. I'm an auditory processor, so if it's something where I feel like I need to find a solution or what should I do, if I say it out loud, I get way further than if I write it down or if I just kind of keep thinking on it and thinking on it. Or I have a bad tendency to think that Bill wants to hear everything. (laughs) So he's very grateful that you taught me voice journaling. Nice. Yeah. So, but also, too, sometimes our friends, family, spouses, significant others, 
they want to try and fix it. Uh, they want to give us the feedback. They want to give us the advice, and they mean well. Go back to expectations. Say, yeah. I don't want you to fix exactly. this. I'm I just venting. need to vent. Let me get it out. But voice journaling is so good for that. Yeah. And then when you get to slide it over and hit delete, you get some closure. Right. So personally, I love voice journaling. I think it works really well. If you want to do pen and paper journaling, that's also another really good coping skill. Yeah. Um, I was telling another client the other day, she was talking about how she just has this nervous energy. And we had already ruled out ADD, ADHD as her diagnosis, but she just had a lot of nervous energy. So those poppets that are really popular right yeah, now. Yeah, those kids, little like hand that you push yes. things. Yeah. So I told her to get a couple of like the keychain sized ones and just have with her that way she can fidget with it. And it gets that nervous energy out. I feel like it's almost sensory too, right? Because like it you're is. just like. Uh huh. And I've I've saw that before, like mm-hmm. on a child account of like how yes. like sensory regulation for kids is yes. giving them something like that to do. Absolutely, and it's honestly pretty quiet. Yeah. So like, if let's just say you're out to dinner with a bunch of people and you don't know them all, and you're like, oh, I'm kind of nervous. You can have that under the table. No one needs to know. Yeah. No one needs to know. Love Not that. a big deal. So, and if you're, you know, in school, which obviously if it's a test or something like that, there's probably a regulation against it. But if you're just in a lecture and you're listening and you're nervous, get it out and you can just fidget with it. Yeah. You know, and even as moms, we get overwhelmed and we can get nervous with, are we doing the right thing? You know, did I do everything that I was supposed to do? Blah, blah, blah. Get your pop it out and just fidget with it for a little bit. Yeah. Get that nervous energy out. Um, if you, if your doctor has cleared you, exercise is another great one. Yeah. Whatever your form of exercise is, could be weights, could be running, could be walking, could be swimming. It could be whatever works for you, but exercise is really good for us. Too, I feel like sometimes, you know, our minds and oh, makes our bodies hold on to things. Yes. And like, mm-hmm. I just sometimes feel it in my bones. Oh, for sure. Got to get it out. Absolutely. Got to get it out. And I think saying, hey, I need coping skills is a huge step in itself too. Because we're not meant to go through life Mm -mm. and not know how to deal with life. Uh, Absolutely. And then you add on motherhood. It's a lot. It's a lot. And this world is not the same world that we grew up in. So we're having to learn how to evolve with it and parent with all these changes. And maybe we speak of this world and it's like maybe it's not best to be constantly bombarded with the news 24-7. Yeah, I definitely would say limit your news and social media intake. Yeah, if you need to. No one needs to be on their phone constantly scrolling all day long. And I sometimes I have to catch myself because I feel like it's like my mind goes there to numb it out a little bit. But, like, your mind's still seeing and processing. You're still intaking. Oh, yeah, it's input, input, input. And do we ever have that output? No. Very seldom. Yeah. So that's where your exercise can really be helpful. Get that out. And then, I mean, I run with music, but it's one of those, like, I'm not going to do news. It's going to be music that, honestly, I've heard for years and years, and I know the lyrics to. So it's like my brain can actually kind of tune it out. Yeah. Love that. All right, moms, again, come back to this toolbox. That's right. Need a refresher. Mm -hmm. We're here for you. That's right. Thanks, guys. Till next time. Have a good one.